On February 24, 1981, it became public knowledge that Prince Charles had become engaged to the youngest daughter of the Earl of Spencer. She left her job as a nursery school assistant and was whisked away to the regal residence of Buckingham Palace. A fairy tale beginning to a story that would end in heartbreaking tragedy. The young Princess of Wales would weather the crucible of life within the British royalty and the scandals that came with it to emerge and obtain veritable global icon status, only to have her life brutally cut short by a fatal car accident in 1997. Before her body could even be buried, the media was awash with accusations and theories on how the brightest star of British nobility could have met her sudden end. Questions and criticisms of the official timeline of the incident would be the basis for several international investigations but still leave, to this day, many mysteries about that fateful night, unsolved. This case file joined the theorists as they delve into the most royal of true crime in... The Death of Princess Diana. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 198, Princess Diana and Aliens. I'm Parentheses <laughs> Aliens. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Every case file is end aliens from now on. Yeah, yeah. and it has to be. You know, just bear with us here. We're, we're, we're not going to jump right into the case file like we normally do. So if you, we've got some news for everyone that we wanted to share. News on the so front. So if you don't want to hear the news and you just want to get to this case file, maybe skip ahead about 10 minutes. No, you um, talk for 10 minutes. That's a I don't know. We're, you know, us. we like to, you, know, you want to hear the on. news. Don't go yeah, anywhere. You guys told me we're not. Well, anyways, never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Zell, do you, do you want to? It's been a it's been a wild ride for the theorists this year. Something that started one year ago was an acquisition by some gigantic multinational corporation called Spotify. Boy sold out. Sold out. We got a little flack. We went exclusive. No big deal. It was a pandemic. Our hands were tied. It was a good opportunity. I mean, come on, guy was shit in a bucket for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it ended in the culmination of me shitting in a bucket, so. Yes. And that contract was one year long, and it is over. We got cut. We are ATT Unchained. Snip, 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 snip. Unfettered, broken free of the yoke of Spotify. The corporate bonds are broken. Too hot Uh, to handle, too cold to hold, boys. Yeah, simple as that. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't just us. It was a full program of podcasters that all got the big snip all together. Just peace. So they tried to saddle the wild stallions. They just couldn't handle it. Didn't work. Yeah. Nope. Um. So and we'll we'll get into like some some big details. Um. <laughs> you know, on our the final days with that program, it's it's interesting, but we're not gonna. Uh, air that laundry for public. You got to pay for that. <laughs> uh, that's going to be on after hours today. Um, but the good news is leaving Spotify, we, like we said, we're, we're no longer exclusive to them. So we have no more corporate overlords. So that means you're going to be able to find our podcast everywhere you get podcasts again. 
We're back. We'll be on all platforms. Go back and listen to us on any app. Should be nice. Any app. Probably this episode will be the first released on all platforms once again. And don't worry, some people are like, because we've made a couple cryptid statements, or at least I have, and people are like, don't leave Spotify, don't leave them. Or our show will still be on Spotify. It'll just It'll also will be everywhere else. Apple, everywhere. Fruit Ninja. And every place you can click a podcast RSS feed, we will try and get Clash our podcast. So yep. uh, that's it. It's over. It's over for your boys. So now, there's no better time yeah. to join Patreon than now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the, the fun. podcast coffers are running dry quickly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's uh, all right. Uh, like I said, uh, don't worry. The show's still going to continue on. Uh, nothing changes. Like doing it. It's, a, it's until a the heat death of the universe. Yeah. Yes. We should have. We should have started off being like, all right, we got some news. Like this is our last show. We're yeah. done. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, people who got att tattoos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the money gone. We out. <laughs> yeah, money gone. We're done. Done with the new venture. No, it's uh, we won't come yeah, back until we have 2,000 Patreon supporters. <laughs> you can find us on uh, OnlyFans. We'll be selling our souls everywhere, so don't you worry. Yeah, so um, that's the news. Um, like I said, we'll get into the more detailed version, um, but we're free. Uh, we're free as of last week, so uh, we'll see what ha- happens in the future. I'm sure there's some more exciting news coming uh, around the corner, but... Uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, if you have friends who didn't want to make the switch to Spotify, let them know. Well, we're back. Yeah. Let six friends know let everyone that we're know. back. <laughs> we're back everywhere, man. Don't even tell them. Just be like, hey, did you hear the boys are back? That's <laughs> the it. boys are back down. Anyways, that's it. We'll, uh, we'll get to more in the after hours. Tonight we're getting into Princess Diana and the conspiracy surrounding her death. Uh Andrew really wanted to kick this one off. So, Andrew. Yeah, I just wanted to start by uh, serenading with everybody with Elton John's uh, Candle in the Wind. Like a candle. Goodbye, England's Rose. Ah. No. Uh, I got to set the stage here. That's the part of the Candle in the Wind you're going to sing? Yeah, the beginning. Just that one part? And that's it? The beginning of it? The beginning of it? Where else do you want me to start? The course? Uh, Yeah. Live your life Ah. like a candle in the wind. Never knowing who to blame in the range. Actually, I should have looked up the lyrics before you did that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, ended, I I never claimed I was gonna sing it. Well, I started <laughs> it. You interrupted me. You had to steal spotlight, like always. Well, you're gonna love a joke I have later. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, right. so I'm gonna paint a little picture of what led to this certain situation. Now, like like they were saying, I got a little bit way too into this. I started <laughs> writing and I wrote a lot. But the problem is it's in crayon and I can't spell. So it's I might gonna, stumble a little bit. Also so can't bear read, with me. So. It's going to take a while. <laughs> he, we'll get that he, was using his, he was using his one-year-old child as dragging dictate. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, write this down for me, buddy. Yeah, he was jotting it for me. My hands got tired. So anyways, let's set the stage that led to this certain incident. So Prince Charles who had a long time on and off again girlfriend, Camilla Shand, who the royal family wasn't overly fond of um, due to reasons like she was known to being tomboy, flirtatious, promiscuous, and most importantly, she wasn't from a noble bloodline. Um, And the family required Charles to marry a virgin woman. And obviously from her reputation, we know that Camilla was not a virgin. Uh, When things are starting to get overly serious, the would-be future king 
ended up getting shipped out with the Royal Navy. Some say he was kind of forced into this certain situation mm. and he was gone for about eight months. Now, when he was gone for that eight month period, um, Camilla's family randomly announced in the papers that she was proposed to and accepted an engagement by polo player um, Andrew Parker Bowles. Right. So apparently not this, this engagement had not <clears throat> taken place yet. The family went and announced us ahead of time. Some people think they were kind of coerced into doing so. And now both Camilla and Andrew Parker Bowles were feeling massive pressure to actually go through with this because they would have been facing massive backlash and shame, right? If they were to come out and be like, no, no, that's not true. So they went ahead. He actually proposed and they got married, you know, soon, quite soon after that, leaving Charles an absolute fucking wreck. Camilla was his one true love. And now she's gone back with her ex-boyfriend and he was absolutely miserable. Well, so now when, if this sounds like, sorry to interject, but if this sounds like some fucking dirty gossip, like you got to remember over in the UK, like this shit is on all the tabloids. It is insane. These like, are the rock like, stars. It's, yeah. It's These like, are the rock stars. They're the Kardashians. These are the Kardashians. Yeah. Car before the Kardashians, like before there was internet, like it, this is tabloid news, like every day, like, holy, oh, Camilla, like un, un virgin tainted blood, like you, whatever you can think of the tabloids <laughs> were running it in this time. And like still to this day, the press runs wild with uh, news about the Royals. So like this was all public knowledge because the tabloid was printing anything they could get and they're paying top dollar for people to turn information in on these people. So on a, upon Charles's arrival back from the Navy, him and Camilla attempted to still be friends. Obviously, that didn't necessarily work out very well. Never happened. And an affair ensued. So that leaves Charles at that point in time. He's 31 years old. He was facing the situation that every woman, every suitable woman, like noble, um, you know, had some type of status. These type of women's that, the women that were in his age group most likely were not virgins. Right. So his dating pool was starting to shrink smaller and smaller. And he was found he was finding all this mounting pressure from his family to get the shit figured out because he's 31 years old. You know, he's gonna his child is gonna potentially be the heir to the throne, right? The next so case, he's got yep. all this pressure. And in 1977, his parents attempted to set him up with a woman by the name of Lady Sarah Spencer, who was the daughter of the Earl of Spencer. Now, unfortunately, sparks didn't Can you really say fly. That properly? Earl of Spencer. Earl of Spencer. Mm -hmm. Quite right, yes. Mm. Mm. Indubitably. But unfortunately for Sarah, you know, sparks didn't fly, didn't really work out. But <laughs> I wonder Sarah why. just have so happened him? to <laughs> Sarah just so happened to have a 16-year-old sister who kind of caught a 12-year-older Charles's eye, unfortunately, which is a little bit fucking weird. But anyways, let's not touch on that for too long. So yeah, the only problem with Diana was the fact that there was that 12-year gap and she wasn't of legal age to get married at the point in time that they met. Right. Now, randomly, Charles and Diana met again like days within days of her 18th birthday at a polo match. Within meeting Charles again after 18, they had seen each other 13 times since meeting again for the first time. And at that, on the 13th time of them seeing each other was their wedding day. Get it done. So the family worked fast, right? Like, think about that. Now, this at this point in time, Diana, zero romantic history. She was from a noble bloodline. 
and she, she was, was a, she was a child. And but no, I, I'm talking 18. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. 18. She's yeah. a child too. She yeah. was but being so she's, groomed. She was being groomed from 16. Exactly. You're exactly right. That's kind of what I was getting to. The fact that she was fucking handpicked for this marriage. She had the looks. She had the bloodline. She didn't have any shady history. She was a fucking Sunday school teacher, or, or sorry, preschool teacher. Preschool, yeah. <laughs> right. You know. So, boom, we get this magical fairy tale wed- wedding televised. One of the biggest events in the history at that point in time, right? Amazing, magnificent. Unfortunately, early in the marriage, Diana struggled with bulimia. She feared Charles had lost interest with her with the first, with the first uh, pregnancy. You know, she's locked away. She's 20 years old and she's locked away in this castle. She's got no friends. She's completely isolated. Her husband's never around. Um, and she starts suspecting the fact that, like, I don't think this man truly loves me. Soon after those feelings, she finds out that Charles and Camilla have continued this affair this entire time. Oh, a little side hustle. Exactly. Which, unfortunately, <clears throat> spirals Diana downhill. She gets depressed. She starts harming herself. She throws herself down a, a set of stairs, and she's absolutely miserable. Cue a couple of years later, Diana starts having affairs of her own because she's extremely miserable. Tabloids get their hands on these type of things, and it starts leaking. Like Braden was saying, this is the news. Diane, at this point in time, is the most popular person in the fucking world. Most she famous was, she was like she was like an icon at she this was, time. She was the what laying hands on people who had AIDS during the during the AIDS epidemic, right? Where people thought you can't touch them by skin. They're gonna get they're gonna get you're gonna get AIDS if you touch these people, right? She was doing amazing work for you know, she was an amazing humanitarian. She was beautiful. She was the most popular person in the world at this point in time. They they called her the People's Princess. Like that was her title, the People's Princess, because she, you know, she had a paying job like leading up to her engagement. Like she was up, she was, you know, people of that time really felt like she was just one of them, like a regular person. And she was charismatic and beautiful and photogenic. And she like there was there was not a bigger icon. In the 80s and like early 90s. She made her children stand in line at Disneyland. She brought her children to McDonald's. You know, like she wanted them to be, you know, be treated like regular people. She took them to soup kitchens. She brought them to, you know, third world countries to witness the world. And like, you know, everybody sympathized with that. Everybody just, there was no, she kind of brought light to the royal family that they hadn't had prior to that, right? There's this stuffy, high-class lizard people that didn't really interact with anybody and seemed cold-blooded, you know? And now that we have this beautiful woman that's going around that's warm and touching and loving. Their wedding reached a global audience on television of 750 million people. That's insane. (laughs) insane. Dude, at that point in time, now that's not internet streaming, anything like that. That's strictly television. That's that's like, you gotta watch it or you're gonna miss it. It's crazy. So, like I was saying, at this point in time, they're both starting to have affairs of their own. Things are starting to kind of fall apart. And then things got even worse when Diana decided to do a tell-all book kind of exposing a little bit of the inner workings of the royal family, how she struggled, how she was miserable. She went into vast detail about the the affairs that Charles was having and what led to her potential suicide attempts and her bulimia. And, you know, things would get even worse when she did a fucking TV interview and she no holds board. She'd let everything fly. And obviously the queen took massive umbrage with that. And that's when they started 
you know, erring on the sides of maybe we should let them get a divorce. Maybe they should get a divorce because this is bad for fucking business. No kidding. You've got to think about what are they called? What is the, the establishment called of the, the, there's like a term for like the crown and I can't remember for some reason. It's like, there's a show on it too. Uh, but it's like, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, there's aristocracy. Like a, no, I can't. Remember. Anyways, anyways, you got to think of that. Like, dude, the people fucking love Diana, loved her. So when she's coming out and being like, man, this is shitty because these people, the, these are the Royals were already people that people didn't connect with. They, they didn't connect with them. They don't understand. They're like, these are like, you know, hoity toity highbrow. Like, you know, Diana's like our people, our people. So when she's saying that, they're what they're doing is causing her discomfort. You got to think that like the public perception of the Royals at this time was probably going in the dumpster pretty good. Well, how could they, how could they do this to this amazing, beautiful woman that just yeah. wants to help people? She's the people's princess and these look what they're doing to her. She tried to kill herself due to these people, you know, like that's a totally way. It's an, it was a way to vilify them. Yeah. Right? They're getting at this time too. Even people in Canada really loved her for this reason alone. Her and Wayne Gretzky are the same person. It's true. <laughs> wow. They had the same hair. Holy. The same hair. They look. They have the same nose. They're pretty much identical. Well, they're both the great royalty. one and the people's princess. And they're, yeah, they're I mean, both royalty. I mean, they got the great one and the people's princess. They're pretty much the same person. That's what. Fuck Charles. She should have got to get him got, Gretzky. Got to got Gretz there, man. I mean, I'm glad Paulina's a little clone still. babies. Uh, the firm. Know. That's what people call it. The firm. The firm. Okay. Okay, so we have these tell-all books. We have these scathing interviews. We have everything being leaked. We're having telephone conversations between Charles and Camilla being leaked where he's admitting that he wants to live in a knickers. Yeah, there was a like, some, like, some just, very descriptive conversations recorded between some the two. Some royal foreplay. I want to live yeah, in like, your knickers. I want to... <laughs> <laughs> you guys never dirty talked with your significant other before? I mean, not, not to this extent. Well, I, gotta, I want I to live in your knickers game. quite right, yes. Indubitably. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> don't don't tell anyone, but you know where I would like to call my place Take of permanent homage. residence? Your knickers. <laughs> mm, quite right, yes. <laughs> so <Charles>. things... <laughs> Things are literally going like, you know, like an episode of the Kardashians. Like this is getting wild. There's scandal and promiscuity and just painting this royal family in an awful light. So the queen officially allows them to file for divorce. Now, when this ruling, when the queen finally rules on that, Diana starts having second thoughts. because She's like, holy shit, am I, are they going to take my kids away from me? Right. Like, what are these people capable of? What are they going to do? And... Around nine, I think I believe it was around between 19, 1996 and nineteen ninety seven. Diana wrote a letter to her butler, Paul Burrell, who was one of her closest confidants, one of her best friends. And in this letter, she wrote it's Alfred, pretty much. Yeah, basic. There you go. That's her. It's her Alfred Pennyworth. She wrote, "I'm sitting here at my desk today in October, longing for someone to hug me and encourage me to keep strong and hold my head high. This particular phase of my life is the most dangerous." My husband is planning an accident in my car, brake failure, and some serious head injury in order to make a path to clear for him to marry Tiggy. Now, Tiggy was, some, sounds like she was like a maid. She'd help take care of the kids when she left, when they had separated. Right. And there was rumors that Diana said that she and him were having an affair. Or she was pregnant and miscarried. But either way, she's writing a letter to her closest confidant saying, I'm scared for my fucking life. My husband is going to have me killed. 
Yeah. And then three small months later, Dan's going to break it down for you. What happened? So you get to the, uh, just after midnight on August 34th, ninth, or August 34th, August 31st, 1997, you had the 36-year-old princess, uh, Lady Diana, uh, leave the Ritz Hotel in Paris uh, with her boyfriend at that time, or who she was seeing, or the had been reported to be involved with, uh, Dodi Fayed. Al Fayed. So her bodyguard also was accompanying them, Trevor Reese Jones. And then they had uh, a driver, Henri Paul, who was the deputy head of security at the Ritz. Uh, he had been instructed to drive a hired black 1996 Mercedes-Benz W140S class. Uh, and they were going to use this car to elude the paparazzi, which had pretty much been tailing them since they had pretty much landed in Paris, landed in Paris. Uh, the two were trying to get away. Uh, the main accepted story is they were trying to get back to Dodie's flat in, in Paris. And in order to achieve that without too much, uh, without too much uh, media coverage, they were going to take this car as opposed to another car that they had been traveling in without security. Uh, without like a big uh, security detail following them to make it too obvious. Now, this car ended up in the Alma Tunnel. And unfortunately, at some point while driving through that tunnel, the car ended up wrapped around a concrete pillar, uh, determined that the speed was probably about 60 miles per hour or 100 kilometers per hour. And the princess, Fayed, and the driver, Henri Paul, were all killed. Reese Jones uh, was injured but survived. And that leads us into as to where we sit on that. There are many different, I want to say, inconsistencies or things like that that, that kind of pop up or that have been alleged in recent years. Like right after, immediately after the crash, you had tons of uh Theories popping up about what happened to them, what perhaps had preceded the events of this tragic, uh, of this tragedy. Uh, one of the most vocal conspiracy theorists being Dodi's father, Mohammed Al Fayed, billionaire, billionaire, owner uh, of the Ritz Hotel and yeah. Harrods, and Harrods, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he, I mean, he had the money to kind of get stuff into the, into the media. So he was feeding out a, a constant stream of ideas about what happened, alleging people like, uh, alleging the British and everyone from the royalty to the British and French government about that. They were involved somehow in the, what he saw the murder of his son and princess Diana. He claims like assassination pretty much. Right. Yeah, it, and 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 it was like it was a gruesome scene because this is two people. This car was being pursued by the paparazzi. Um, witnesses say it 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 clipped a slow moving car, which may have caused it to lose control and and then crash. And then rather than you know, there was some paparazzi who were following who made attempts to go and help, but many others just stood back and took pictures of the scene rather than helping them. Right. It was like, this was their money shot of the people's princess. So I, it's like, there I was mean, outrage. Let's be honest here. Like in all honesty, there's absolutely fucking nothing. Those people could do zero. But the fact that you can sit back and just profit off of this gruesome yeah. horror scene, instead of at least going or maybe even putting your cameras down and being like, Hey, let's put this shit away. Like I understand you like, got bills to pay and people to feed, but there's fucking got, there's gotta be a, a limit 
right? Park your car, block the road, put the camera down, yeah, call the like just, ambulance and just like, you know. But well, yeah. so let's let's get into one of the first theories of why people think there is an issue is because, um, you know, there was a lot of public outrage to this. So people wanted to know what happened. They they wanted a public inquest. They were like, what happened to her? We know of these notes because they're being leaked to the tabloids about her being worried about dying in a car crash. We want a public inquest. And that inquest was shot down almost immediately uh, by the Royals. Uh, they didn't want any of that, kept it all in house. Um, so, you know, there was the public are reaching for answers. They're, they're searching. And one of the ones was, well, what took the ambulance so long? Why was it so long for her from when she was in a car accident for her to get to a hospital, especially when it was found out that an ambulance, uh, took her body, which, you know, by all reports, they may have got her back at some point and they went past the nearest hospital, um, to a further hospital. And from, from my notes, she crashed at 1223 and she didn't get checked into a hospital till after two. Yeah. 2, yeah. 2 AM is what I have. Yes. Right. So when people start looking at that time, they're going two hours, like especially when the nearest hospital is only four miles away. One, one, like for me, when I think about it, I go, if I was in a car accident for me to get to a hospital in two hours is that's unacceptable. Right. I, it's especially now you're talking about someone as famous as Diana, you know, who has paid bodyguards. You're in it's you're in France. It's not like you're, you know, you're in the countryside, like you're in a metropolis. <coughs> so this raised a lot of questions. Yeah. And can we, we have to, let's state too that the official version of the story states that her driver, Henry Paul, was intoxicated uh, he was either fleeing the paparazzi or for whatever reason he was speeding through the tunnel and he crashed into the pillar and they all succumbed to injuries, but one, and that is the official, that's, that's what's told now. And there's a lot the, of, a lot the, of questions that's going to come up. Well, the tabloids, the tabloids, September 1st ran, ran articles about, um, Mr. Paul saying drunk as a pig. It made the, all the headlines in the tabloids. Um, and they said his, uh, he was three times over the French legal driving limit and had 1.74. Yeah. And he had a carbon monoxide level of 20.7% when he died. Um, so they were saying that this bodyguard hired by this billionaire family, it was absolutely just shangled. So also too, like, I think it's important to point out the fact that initially they did pin this on the paparazzi until they got the fucking autopsy reports and the toxicology reports back on Henri. Right. So so initially they round up all those fucking paparazzis and threw them in jail being like, this is their fucking fault. But then later the blame shift to Henri. But let's go through this. So right now, Braden brought up some good questions about this whole ambulance situation. Now, obviously, I wasn't there. And I'm also not a paramedic in France. I don't work for the SAMU. But I can shed a little bit of light on this, you know, timeline situation and maybe what was happening. So I think first it's important to to discuss the fact that on initial assessment, when the ambulance arrived on scene, she was conscious. She looked to have a broken arm. So at first they thought, okay, you know what? She might be stable. That's okay. They rip off a set of vitals while the patient is still in the car. Now you need to understand this car was fucking mangled. She needed to be crumpled. Mess. She needed to be extricated from it. 
right? So you need the fire department there, you need to snip the roof, you need to pull her out. And in doing so, right, her being in potentially a stable condition at this point in time, they would take full precaution, spinal, immobilize her, right? So when they attempted to remove Diana from the car, she coded, which means she arrested, which means her her heart stopped beating. And that's when they realized, okay, shit, we're in, you know, we're in a little bit deeper than we thought we were. So when she arrested, the SAMU and, and a lot of other European countries, they actually have physicians riding on ambulance with them. So you have a physician on this ambulance running this situation. So in a lot of North American services, actually I can say in, in zero North American ambulance services, do we have physicians on ambulance? Like a full, fully trained medical you, doctor. You have, a, yeah. you have a fully trained medical doctor and, a, you know, and, and there are ambulance services in North America that do carry blood, pro, uh, you know, blood product and advanced resuscitation equipment and stuff like that too. But we don't have physicians. So when they removed her from the vehicle, she coded. So, which means they had to attempt to resuscitate her, no matter how far away she was from that, from the uh, hospital, from from the hospital. You're going to attempt resuscitation, right? Whether you're going to attempt resuscitation en route to that hospital, which means you're going to have inadequate CPR. I don't give a fuck who you are. Doing CPR in the back of a moving vehicle is not going to be as good as doing CPR on fucking scene. Not it, ideal. <laughs> No, it's not. And But in a traumatic situation, a lot like North America, we're like, listen, this person needs an emergency room. They need blood product. They need to be in the care of a physician. We're going to get them there, especially if they're only four miles Just away. ASAP. Yeah. In this situation, they had a physician on scene and they worked her on scene. So you got to keep in mind, it's got to, anywhere it's going to take between 30 to 40 minutes to extricate her from the vehicle. She arrests we have to get we got to get ross we got to get return of spontaneous circulation she's got to be intubated she's got to be treated for shock which means she's probably getting blood products because she's hypovolemic okay then you initiate transport like they did and then there's this big query as to why they stopped on scene or they stopped en route to the hospital for 26 minutes and my head leads me to believe that she probably rearrested that's, I think that's actually what happened. And they had to stop and start her again. Exactly. And that's what you would do. You would stop to get adequate CPR and probably run more blood product, give medications, whatever you need to do, and to properly run that like you would run an emergency room. You can't be in a moving vehicle no matter how slow you're going. Okay. So when we do get her to the hospital, we find out that, that unfortunately Diana had a displaced heart had shifted to the right side, which initially ended up tearing her pericardium, which is the sac that covers her heart. And it tore, there was a small rupture in her pulmonary vein. Now the pulmonary vein is what brings oxygenated blood back into your heart, which then gets circulated throughout your body. And that is an extremely rare injury to have, and which could lead to like stuff like a hemothorax, which is your, your thorax is filling with blood. You're putting pressure on your lungs. Your lungs aren't going to completely ex being able to expand properly, so you're not getting adequate ventilation. And left untreated, you can exsanguinate. You could bleed out from that injury. Right. Right. So this is this, this is a very severe and fatal injury. Now, did these delays on scene play a part in her death? Potentially, perhaps. But surviving that injury to begin with, very fucking rare. One of the issues. I think where this comes, where people question this, is that, you know, friends of uh, the victims 
and stuff when this thing were happening, were getting calls that they had been in an accident. And people were being told that Diana was up, alert, holding her arm, and walked into the ambulance. So from that to then all of a sudden going into cardiac arrest raised tons of, you know, bells for everyone to be like, what is this we we hear about? You know her her walking and and the tabloids are just running everything right so you're yeah. you're reading this that she was alert walking and then cardiac arrest and and then people are are genuinely concerned about like well what's the story here? here the thing is to like to the fact like you look at that vehicle and if they actually allowed her to walk out of that car without spinal immobilization just due to the mechanism of that accident is fucking ridiculous. Right. And that, but that's again, speaking from our protocols, I don't give a shit if she's conscious, but the thing that you got to remember too, is the fact that that that's a small rupture in her pulmonary vein. So it's not going to instantly start spurting and she's bleeding out, right? Like she is going to be conscious if she didn't have some sort of fucking head injury, you do a quick blood pressure. You know what? She's obviously her, initially her blood pressure is probably high. Her heart rate's probably jacked up because she's losing that blood and it's trying to compensate. So you don't necessarily know. Do you think maybe she's, she's stressed over the scene and that's why her blood pressure is high right now. But that being said, she's not going to be immediately hypotensive, especially if they only arrived on scene within like, it took them a couple minutes to show up. The accident happened at what? 1243. They were there at 1245. But but that that like like I'm all I'm trying to say is they they don't have X-ray vision, so right so they they like they're checking her vital signs and they're reacting to her vital signs. They right? they bring her to a French hospital. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I can't <laughs> try to say the name. They take her they take her to a hospital that isn't the closest. And what people need to understand that it, it's like taking your like. You, you're having a fucking heart attack. They're not taking you to a primary care to a, to a, what is, what's that urgent care center, right? Mm-hmm. They're taking you to a primary care center. They're taking you to a tertiary hospital so they can fucking treat you. Right. Like just like when I was working in Vancouver, somebody's having a fucking heart attack outside children's. You're not bringing an adult to children's. You are taking them and bringing them into VGH, right? Like it's yeah. you, we, we do, trauma bypass all the time because hospitals are not equipped to treat these people. You have to go to the proper hospital for what the person's suffering. This person's heart has stopped. You need to take him somewhere who has some type of like cardiac play, like this person, cardiac like, ward. Well, now, they don't necessarily know that she's suffering from a torn pulmonary vein at this point in time, but she needs, she needs a fucking thoracotomy. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Like, so she arrives at this hospital at two Oh six in the morning uh, she receives an open heart massage for nearly two hours. Uh, and at 4 a.m., she's officially declared dead. Um, and now, they do give her, they do give her a thoracotomy. They try a fucking cardiac massage. Like they, they did everything they could to, re- for her to regain fucking Rosk and they did not get it. And, and I'm, I'm sure with someone being as high profile as her, I'm not saying they didn't try, they wouldn't try hard on everyone, but I'm sure there was some added pressure to, you know, yeah, get her back. I, I'm not saying they wouldn't give up early on anyone, but I'm saying that like, if she's laying there, you're like, holy fuck. Like, you know, with what, who she is and what she represents at this time, I'm sure a lot of effort was put in. Well, not only because of that, but also you get to, could you imagine being like, I'm the guy that saved princess Diana. You know, like you're gonna want to go to whatever the fuck you can do because you big dick swinging after that. Get some recognition now. So Hell that yeah. so let's talk about it real quick because that's one of the main conspiracies that her medical care may have been purposely sabotaged. 
So that would involve, you know, a string of healthcare workers, doctors, someone had to be, so whatever group wanted her gone would have to have like infiltration to this medical establishment, knowing she's going to get in this accident at this time on this like route of this ambulance, like this doctor, it would re require quite a few you know, people in on it in the medical establishment for that to happen. Well, there is a theory that someone may have at the initial scene of the crash was following them and may have um, given Princess Diana a shot of something, uh, which sent her into cardiac arrest. Right. That was one of the leading theories. And and because of the reports, again, substantiated because it's all tabloid press, is that she was up, alert, walking, holding her arm. Her friends got a call saying that she may have just injured her arm and shoulder. Next thing you know, she's having two-hour heart massage and people are like, you know, genuinely shocked. So pe people thought that, right? But did they, uh, is that because it came up on the autopsy? Like yeah, there, there, there may have been a puncture wound. But like you brought up, Andrew, is that like, you know, they may have given her some sort of anti-clotting agent, right? Which well, exactly. Could, she could have got transexemic acid, right? yeah. which is, which I would give her. I would, we don't give it by push, like by a needle injection, we give it IV, IV on a drip, but that's only Canada. I, everywhere else gives it by a fucking IM push. Like just slam into so, their leg or something and yeah, like, let it fly. You, that, like all good medications, they were developed in wartime and that's how it was administered that's on the, the battlefield. Fastest, now, most direct way. Yeah. So Princess Diana is officially declared dead August 31st. And one thing that strikes um, Al-Fayed Al uh, rings like ring some alarm bells for him is that he found it that there was a lot of pressure to very quickly embalm diana's body and right. it was in fact embalmed the same day um and he believed that this was to hide the fact that diana was pregnant and that was potentially why this whole incident took place why her and dodi al-fayed were murdered now you know we, we're gonna kind of get a dark spot here and i i don't know if i would have uh i would have uh believed this aspect as much as i do now you know a year ago um but you know we've we've gone through this public separation of harry and megan uh leaving the royal family and one of the issues uh when they left the royal family was that you know, concerns were being raised um, about how dark the child would be, right? And Ooh. that was serious concerns that were upsetting to Harry and Meghan enough that they they left the royal titles, they left it all behind because of the pressure and you know, the tabloids and stuff that was happening to them. Now, in this time, you have this woman who is so popular, more popular than any of the other royals by far. She is now engaged in a relationship to a Muslim man and potentially having, um, you know, a, a darker child. And this child is going to be the stepbrother to the future king. What? And, the, you know, and potentially the king of England, stepfather is going to be a fucking Egyptian Muslim. Right. And right. Like that's the potential next king of the Commonwealth. So, exactly. I mean, like that's we've, we've gone through at uh, this time. I mean, the the elders of the family of this royal family. I mean, they, as with many other people, this time is not, it's not widely accepted. Right. 
It, well, <laughs> still to this day, right? Like we, we've seen that with Megan and Harry and their child. And let's not forget too, the, the royal family are walking fucking step in step with the Catholic church. So let's take race out of it. The fact that he, she's going to be marrying a fucking Muslim. Another mm, dominant religion. Right? Yeah. Like that's one of the theories brought up is that this, this engagement and this child with Dodie could potentially s start off as like a, a second Royal family, right? Where it's like, they're not Royal in title, but the royal in popularity and more influential than the the royals themselves, and this was well. Diana Diana did keep her title though. She kept they let her keep uh, the Princess of Wales. She was still part yeah. of the family, and she could have yeah. she could have kept her royal bodyguard, but she chose to use private. Her, well, the, yeah, yeah other other family. Say, but Ma Meghan and uh, Harry did the same thing. They were offered the RCMP. Fully paid, and they said no thanks. Well, that was now, but before they did have that for a while. <laughs> yeah, we, had, for, we, were paying, we were flipping. We, the bill, we flipped the bill anyways. for quite a while on that on <laughs> yeah. those royal tours. Yeah. So this family, this potential family. So they're. Are you saying? So are are we going with uh, the marriage one? Well, yeah, we could talk about the marriage too because we found out that on the night of this fucking incident, Doty purchased a unique piece from. Raposi Jewelers for uh, 11,600 euros just a few hours before the crash. He entered the store without Diana and left with a brochure. His assistant later collected the ring, brought it to the couple's suite in the Ritz Hotel. Uh, the receipt was labeled um, in French for engagement ring. And according to the Guardian, the brand of this ring was, I can't, I'm going to butcher this French, but basically in English it says, tell me yes. So supposedly on the day of this of the incident, Dodie was going to propose to her. Or at least had Why? he at least had the ring to propose, perhaps. Well, he had the Why? ring bought from that specific collection, like that arrangement of that or the the, the build yeah. of that yes. ring. The yes. model the of the tell ring. Me was yes. that, yeah. yes. the, the tell me yes. The tell me yes collection. Right. Yeah. 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 So I'm not sure people he, want to just wear I, engagement rings randomly. Yeah. Their yeah. yeah. If you're rich <laughs> enough, I don't know. <laughs> you can wear one on every finger. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So again, like, so a lot of people theorize that this, this whole potential marriage, which I don't know if I buy that they would be on to the marriage that fast, but if they knew about the pregnancy, maybe they knew how that. How long had they actually been dating or how long had they been seeing each other? Uh, I'm not sure, but they've, they've spent like the last 90 days sailing the Mediterranean. Not yeah. very long. They had not been together for very long because Diana had just gotten out of a previous two-year relationship. With, he, and <clears throat> Go ahead. But like you said before, man, she, they were grooming her from such a young age that she never lived the life. You know what I mean? Like she lived the life that people set out for her. So now this is her first taste of freedom. She meets this guy who's jet setting her way and she's living her life. Like, I can imagine like the mentality of someone that's been kind of like cooped up like this. It's like, this is so freeing. Like, you know, there were a few other romances in between Dodie yeah. and Charles oh, and Dodie, I'm, but, I'm sure, yeah. but, but on all accounts, this was it. Like they were massively in love. She brought her right before this too. She brought her children out on their yacht while they were sailing around the fucking Mediterranean and they met Dodie met and him. had a blast for a few, for a few weeks too. Right. So like, I don't think you do, you just do, you don't introduce your kids to some fucking dude you're hanging out with. You don't in, in, introduce your kids to a fuck boy, you know? Exactly. <laughs> He's got to have a little bit Perfect. of, 
a little bit of a sway in your life before uh, you bring the right. kids into it. And and who knows? Maybe they did. Like there there are pictures. Like paparazzi's have pictures of Diana crying earlier that day. You know, but possibly with joy. Maybe they found out that they're pregnant. Maybe he's like, well, she's pregnant. I'm going to fucking buy a ring right now. I'm gonna make an honest word, woman out of the princess well, of Wales. Just just prior to this, didn't she say like she they had a big announcement to make or she had big news? Yes. And it was, it's always speculated of what that news was. Obviously we never heard the announcement. So a lot of speculation was, well, perhaps she was pregnant, but pregnant and pregnancy seems to be able to something you should be able to prove. Now you should be able to prove. And again, just to backtrack a little bit, there was kind of mention of like, how would they know? And doing this research, you I found out that every one of the Royals phones ha are openly tapped and monitored and the excuse is to ward off assassination for safety, yeah. apparently, yeah. in safety. So they, you know, it wouldn't, it would not, like, are we really going to believe that the family didn't have people watching Diana? Especially when the fucking boys are with her? When, no, she's with, a, she's a freaking loose cannon at this point in their eyes. Yeah. So, and, and she's got Harry and, and William, like the fucking heirs to the throne. You don't think they're being watched? Like, you'd have to be fucking naive to think that. Yeah, definitely. No. I agree. So, uh, you know, uh, Al Fayed, he he claims that the embalming happening so fast was a deliberate attempt to conceal her pregnancy and that, you know, it, it, it was done at the request of French authorities following their rules. But to me, I'm like, you know, I get it, but it's a it's a it's a like such a like it's a royal from another country like, you know, I. It, that seems like a cheap out for me. Where it's like, well, we just, hey, we got to do this. Uh, to me, like when I start to read this part, it really starts to feel like, you know, when we saw the like the Russian like JFK's assassination. Like there, there 100%. is this, there's this, there's all this like, dude, government and all these processes are slow as fuck. There are, there's red tapes and stuff and oh, yes. But it seems like when this happens to important people, they're just like, wheel them out, like get them out of here. Like we don't want it. Hot potato, like bomb it, chip it out, send it on its way. Like I'm like, like the process goes so fast that you can't even take a step back to be like, hey, maybe we should just check on. Nope, we're not checking nothing. Full steam ahead, baby. Right. We, I, got, I got one job in bomb and I'm here to do it right now at four in the fucking morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, I think it's in the afternoon, but it, well, it's just, it's funny too. Cause you'd think like out of common courtesy, you would contact, you would have contact with the other country and be like, listen, we have the body. What do you guys want to do? Yeah. Do you want us to send it? Do you want us to just to keep fucking nice, easy, you know, common ground and peace with that other fucking country <laughs> instead of being like, fuck you. We're shipping that down to fucking Pierre's 24 seven and bombing, you know, company. He's going to get it fucking done. You're getting how you're getting it. Well, yeah. It's like, what's the, you know, like, it, it it all that seems super weird. Um, it doesn't sit right. Like it's just one of those things where it's like, as you get into it, you're like, this seems strange. It seems rushed. Um, there, there's you know, like we're going we're going to protocol. This is what we always do. And you're like, okay, well, this isn't this is a very unique case of a person. It's not just your average person in from a car accident. You want to embalm the body for presentation. It's like no, this is a. The world's now, most when did they famous... definitely know it was Princess Diana that they were dealing with? Dude, Instantly. immediately. They had, they had paparazzis following everywhere. Them, right? Like they, they, When the call came in, they're like, this is Princess Diana. She's in a fucking car and everybody's dead except for her. 
like immediately. I, I get the paparazzi's are the one that made the nine one one call. I'd imagine they were the ones that were on scene with her. The first now, on scene. The uh, and I'm saying if there's someone like Princess Diana, authorities know. French authorities, if someone like of that caliber doesn't get to just walk around a city, whether they want to or not, people know. Like right now, if if Harry was in 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 my hometown, the RCMP would know. People know. People like, know. They would be like, there, there's no way. It's this is just like a random thing. Like as the second it happened, they were being they would be monitored. Like you would you would know with their whereabouts and stuff. You would know. This isn't a thing where it's like the next day they're like that was Diana. <laughs> oh shit whoops like they that blonde knew. that was her get out um, of town but dan that kind of brings up another interesting point uh is that there's no you know in that tunnel there is cameras there is cameras there like 12 of them 14 of them but yet there's not a single surveillance video of the crash yeah, well, they were—they just weren't working that day. They, they, they never That's seemed to work. It's not a big deal. You know? They just weren't working. Similar to the Pentagon when it got hit with the, with the, the 747 and no security cameras working there. The Tunnel 2 suffered. It must be the same company, man. And Some the same, government. Uh, the same uh, cell the cell block with Jeffrey Epstein that the cameras yeah, just yeah, turned yeah. off as well. I, you know? it's, <laughs> it's not like it's not like that in, entire fucking country is monitored, monitored fucking every inch of it by CCTV. Nah. Like, that's not a thing. There's, that's, that's, that's not a thing at all. All right, but before we get to some more theories, because we got a bunch more to go through, let's take a quick break, grab a beer, and we'll be yeah. right back. We're back. So we left off with, um, even though there was a number of cameras in the tunnel, the cameras didn't capture anything. Um, so that led a lot of people to believe that this may have been some sort of assassination attempt covered up. Like they had taken control of the cameras or turned them off to hide whatever they were planning. Yeah, exactly. Now, who wants to go into what evidence we have of that or what theories we have of that? Of it being an assassination or yeah. the cameras? Assassination. Okay, here's one. Here's one. It is small. Um, this one was really weird for me because you kind of already touched on the fact that Henri Paul, they did his toxicology report. He was three times legal limit, 1.74. Three times legal limit in France, two times in England, which leads me to believe that might be a little <laughs> sketchy. But um, so he's he was three times the French limit, and he had a uh, he he had carbon monoxide poisoning. That's what I found twenty point seven, which is super bizarre, right? And also, when they did the toxicology, they showed that he was on his normal Prozac medication, but I think he had more in his system than he normally does. The weird thing for me is they do have video footage of him in the Ritz leaving with Diana and Dodie and uh, I forget the bodyguard's name to go to the car. Now, when he's leaving, you have visible footage of him bending over, tying his shoes, tying one shoe, tying the other, getting up and striding out the door. Now, this is a man that's three times above the limit and doped up on fucking Prozac and supposedly having carbon monoxide poisoning. Now, this man has zero gait disturbance. Which he's is moving around perfectly fine. He I mean like his he's stance, walking fine. he's walking. There's no, there's no wobble in his step. He's walking cleanly. Now, from experience, not taking it, but dealing with people who have mixed Prozac and alcohol, right? You're mixing SSRIs with three, one point seven four, like three times the legal limit of alcohol. I don't give a shit if you're an alcoholic. You're fucking uptunded. You're in a coma. You're snoozing. 
right? There's no way that he was able to do what he did and then go in and operate a fucking vehicle and make it as far as he did with that in his system. And that's not even mentioning the fucking carbon monoxide. Yeah, it would have been fine. Like, you know, you know, there's alcoholics who can seem fine just on alcohol, but as soon as you start mixing the drugs, that's when it goes downhill quick. Dude, and like, so, which is weird. This is a little bit bizarre, but it led me to think like, okay, so you got alcohol and you've got carbon monoxide poisoning. Like, what is that? What do you think of that? When you Like, in my brain, I immediately think of someone who fucking sits in their garage with the door closed and runs their vehicle and fucking kills himself. That's what my brain goes to. What if they fucking grabbed a body from the morgue of a suicide victim and switched it and put it put it in oh, Henri Paul's place? So you're saying because we don't have video surveillance footage, if there was an assassination attempt and this was all a big conspiracy... They could have so switched the body. How would they have made right. him it's crash the car? It's protocol to keep a couple of suicide victims on ice just in case <laughs> on, you have to replace on, a body. Yeah, that's but that's on, normal morgue, morgue protocol. Yeah, but at that night, they had 22 bodies in the morgue. Who's to say that they didn't bring somebody in with that? That's what I'm saying. Right? They we have don't to have know. at least 10. No, I don't. I, okay. I don't know. I That's just a fucking suggestion. Like, that's, that's what, just possibly one of what the theories. they did. Because how else... What, or, like, where do you come across people? Like, somebody that has that level of carbon monoxide poisoning is not operating a fucking vehicle. Is not having a conversation. Is not sitting there in front of a fucking a, a princess and her fucking potential boyfriend or whoever the fuck it is and a guy that's supposed to protect both of them who's paid to protect both of them and allowing him to get behind a wheel and fucking drive a car. It, it does seem suspicious, but what you're bringing up is then that he wouldn't have been drunk when he crashed the car. So what do you propose? How did he crash the car then? It's a good question. There, there, There's good theories behind that too. What about the bright light theory? So the bright light... That would cause somebody to fucking tra to crash. The bright light theory is people who witnessed the crash saying they seen bright lights in the tunnel, like a big strobe flash immediately before the car crash. Yeah, like if you got shot with a blinding fucking light while you're driving, what's your immediate reaction? Turn away from that. Well, you're going to close your eyes for sure and like, yeah, your head's going to go one way or the other. And I'm, right. I'm sure a tunnel's pretty narrow, right? Like on a main road, you could probably swerve a bit and get lucky and not hit anything. But if you're in a tunnel, those babies are usually pretty narrow. So if you go just a few feet off, like off the shoulder. Or maybe another vehicle directed them after they turn away, helped direct them towards that fucking pool. Oh. And it's not like we have any evidence of that. Well, I actually have an interesting add on to that. The fact that the car they were driving was the only car available to them that evening. And that car just days prior to this event was, was stolen at gunpoint. This car legit. It wasn't fact, days. It was three months is what I heard. I, I that's days yeah, well, 90 I days sure. there's I, I mean, 90 yeah, days. That's days that's 90 days 90, 90 days. days it's days okay, before um it, it's it's taken and you know stolen um one of the things missing that was stolen from this mercedes was the onboard computer trip the chip and the chip controls uh navigation acceleration steering and braking of a of a vehicle so if you, you're saying if you take that chip out, you can't move the car. No, what I'm saying is that this chip 
was missing from this vehicle. So maybe something in its place was put there. Now, this is actually a well-established assassination technique from the 1980s, nicknamed the Boston Brakes, uh, where braking, steering, acceleration capabilities would be taken over by remote control. And they've actually used this. um, Sir Renolf Fiends, he convert he confirmed that this method was uh used Fines. to kill major michael marman in a car accident that bears an uncanny resemblance to that of this accident with princess diana Ooh, it's fucking the second thing mercedes requested to assess the vehicle after the crash and they were refused they were not allowed to look at the vehicle and they just wanted to see what possibly could have gone wrong if it was something that happened with the the car itself that would have caused this and they were refused any kind of you know investigation into the car that's some bad publicity for mercedes eh? you kill the most famous lady in the world i would want to fucking write that shit too right so mix those two things together you have a flashlight that blinds this driver and for that brief moment where that second where you're, you're, you know, you're taken like, that's all it would take is just a quick then jolt of the wheel. When in that moment, when you're disoriented, right. For you to lose control. Right. And that could have been all it took. Like, Oh, totally. man. The, the fact that this billionaire, right. This billionaire, he gets a car. So any, then you, you use the same car. Like what if it, like, these people were probably, you know, like my thing, if this was my car, I'd be upset. Cause I'd be like, what did they do in this car? To get and dirty Mike and the boys in here, we'll never get it yeah, clean. Yeah, turn it into an F shack, <laughs> right? Like if if this was me and I had a, an unbelievable amount of wealth, I'm not taking that car back. Hey, you I'm don't like get rich like cutting. You don't get rich like <laughs> you got to buy new cars every time they get pennies. stolen. Man, that's Come very on. true. Jeez. That's very true, Dan. So I, I like that theory uh, put together. What other theories we got going? Well, let's expand on the the bright light theory a little bit more. Yep. Because there's a little bit of meat to that because not only were there other witnesses that state they saw that bright light, but there was an MI, an ex-MI6 agent that came forward that said that he saw plans for those same type of fucking things to be used in assassination attempts, right? What was the name again, Dan? It was Slobodan Milosevic. Oh, the person? Oh, Slobodan Milosevic, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, they had plans to assassinate him in a similar method. Was it not in Paris as well? Was it not planned to be in Paris? Or did I read something different? Oh, that'd be crazy. Same fucking tunnel too. Like that'd Just be the nuts. same plan. But I, uh, Yeah, the exact same plan, but they're like, mm. a similar, I, I don't similar remember plan. Maybe they thought Paris. Princess Diana was Slobodan Milosevic. Maybe. Got it all wrong. Could you imagine? Mistaken identity. And then we get Goodbye England's Rose. Horrible. But yeah, like this, that's pretty fucking nuts, man. Right there, like Braden said, maybe they took control of the vehicle and they used the bright light and the same one just to ensure that they're fucking dead. Right. Well, I'm just I'm just saying if I'm thinking if I'm alert and driving and my wheel were, were to lose, like I can make a corrective action. But now you mix where I'm like blinded for a second and I'm, my senses are off and then something jerks the wheel. You know what I mean? The chances of recovery for me, I would I'm probably not going to recover the same as if I was just alert holding the wheel. Especially right. if you're boogie and trying to get away from the fucking paparazzi. Yeah, you're going yeah. 100K through the tunnel. Now, oh, there is the reports, too, of the white Fiat, which seemed to clip the car immediately before the accident and then was gone and seemed to be untraced 
for a while. Which was which was interesting because like right when this accident happened, there were all these like a lot of suspicion revolves around the fact that like, the vehicle was removed right away and the fucking cleaners came in and scrubbed that fucking thing clean. Right? Like that night they came, there was no, nobody was dusting for fucking prints. There's no forensic shit done because they're like, oh, it was, you know, it's an MVI routine shit. Let's clear this tunnel and get traffic moving. And then they sent in the cleaners to come in that normally come at night, make sure the tunnels sparkling clean. But they ended up finding, like, I believe it was like cracked fragments of a taillight of a white Fiat. And then they ended up matching that to some white skid marks on the Mercedes. Right. So there was police evidence of a vehicle collision prior to the accident is what they're thinking. Exactly. And then you had witness reports, I think maybe from the paparazzis that there was a white Fiat scene fleeing the scene. In in all the like reenactments that you can see online, they show it hitting the vehicle first, hitting a Fiat and then losing control. Hitting a Fiat and then, you know, skidding out of control, trying to correct its path and then crashing into the pillar. Yeah. And then, so right away when we, when they came across that evidence, they ended up having fucking French police searching out any white Fiat they could. Unfortunately, they couldn't find anybody, but El Faid's detectives ended up tracing a white Fiat with a repair bill for a, I think, believe it was like a left taillight, which would have been the same one that was damaged in the incident to a, I think it's a James Adnanson. 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 And Danson, yeah. who just so happy happens to be a paparazzi that claims and is on record as saying paparazzo, paparazzo, who paparazzi was on paparazzo, paparazzo, who was on scene at the night of the fucking incident. Yeah, the repair. I I read that the repair bill was that, but also perhaps a repainted like a paint job and a paint job, and like sold the car and got like tried to like erase his tracks. So they track it back to this dance and this paparazzo, you know, interrogate him. I'm ass- I'm assuming it was done by the independent investigators, right? It wasn't done by the French police. It was done by Al-Fayed's yeah. investigators. Deny, 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 right? Then shit gets super weird after the fact. What happens to our buddy Adanson? He's not found dead in a car, is he? No, not a car that was burnt with the fuck it, with his head in the fucking other seat beside him. Like, there's no chance of that. No, there's no chance of that no, is there? No, and not that, and not that far after the accident. Like, you know, six months, eight months later. No, it's longer than that. It was in the it's three years. He was yeah, oh, it was found years. in May two thousand. Yeah, he was. So his he was found in his car that was burnt with his head in the fucking passenger seat, um, and May of two thousand, and it was ruled a suicide. So he crashed his car at such violent force that his head popped off and... No, he didn't crash his car. Uh, they explain it somehow. The explosion cult caused his head to pop off. Yeah. So what, yeah. he lit his car on fire? Yeah. And, and he exploded it. He poured petrol all over his car and then lit a cigar and lit his car on fire. Because he was so ashamed of fleeing the accident scene of Princess Diana that he committed suicide three years later by blowing himself up and having his head explode off his shoulders into the passenger seat. And there are rumors of him possibly working with MI6 in the past, getting pictures and information on other high-profile people that have mysteriously died in other bizarre circumstances. Well, he claimed he claimed that he was a MI6 informant, is what I read. 
so that he would, he would, you know, is that a bold claim to kind of like bolster yourself? Who knows? But you know, this does, when you look at it like this, you look, I mean, it is three years after the fact, but it does feel like convenient that when they're tracking him down and they're, they're like, Hey, we know who he is. We got it. This was obviously an extensive, expensive search. And hey, he's now dead. He suicided himself. You're like, to me, that's one of those ones where you're like, God damn, that's convenient. God (laughs) damn, that is convenient. What a coincidence. How long did it take Operation Pape Mache to fucking take place? Like that shit wasn't happening right away. It took time, right? Maybe they didn't even stumble upon him. They didn't even get his name until three years later. We don't know. We don't know. Now, you know, there is lots, lots and lots of other theories, but Dan, Dan, you've been awfully quiet. Like, are you? Did you not have any theories about this, or? Oh, I don't know. I was just charging up the the nuclear crazy. <laughs> you guys want me to get into it? Well, like, no, it's here. I want to hear. You yeah. want to hear the real truth? I want to hear the real truth. Not well, I want to hear Dan's truth. truth. Not this. Not the stuff that you guys are trying to peddle. This all this garbage that you guys are trying to. You want to hear the real truth? There's hun- There's dude. There's hundreds of theories. It's the the military. The military got her. The MI six got her. But. Dan, oh, Dan, we're we gonna talk about. Oh no, no, no! Are, are we gonna talk about big? Well, landline? it was the MI6, and it wasn't the MI6. The actual murderers, assassination, the assassins of Princess Diana were a rogue MI6 element that assassinated Princess Diana, who was the embodiment <clears throat> of an ancient moon goddess, and sacrificed in accordance with traditional satanic practices in conflict between two main factions who vied for control over her bloodline, her sacred. <laughs> bloodline so firstly you had the new world order faction which was founded on an alliance between king william iii who founded the bank of england the modern system of finance and national debt and all of that beginning during his reign and then secondly you had the true nobility of europe and you have these two factions vying for control of not just that europe but the world itself and diana unfortunately got caught between those two powerful factions so let me ask you first where did the crash take place in a tunnel. Um, in a tunnel that struck pillar number 13. Crash, yeah, you're true. So the crash did take place, but specifically it took place near where a place of ritual sacrifice of historical significance known as Pont de la Alma, which can be translated into the Bridge of the Soul. And this site is ancient, dating back to the time of Merovingian kings and even before that during pagan, like, pagan times, that this place was historically and culturally uh, important all the way back to then. Now, let me ask you what? another question. Where did Robert Johnson sell his soul? At the crossroads. crossroads. Is it at Pont de la Alma? No, no, at the, it's at the crossroads. At the crossroads. Now, Pont de la Alma, where it's constructed, is the spot where Diana died. And that road actually goes through the tunnel, which is crossed on the surface by another road, which leads on to the Pont de la Alma a bridge. In fact, that spot is a veritable maze of crossroads. Oh, interesting. So Good. you can see the importance of crossroads and are very important. Like they're, you know, vital to some sacrificial acts and some of that can be traced back to, to some esoteric rites of sacrifice and things like that, that, you know, can tell me whatever rebirth, uh, re, you know, where this is where the devils and demons congregate, things like this, this is a place of great power where you have different uh, lines of uh, spiritual energy connecting and crossing and, and, you know, emphasizing each other, re-energizing each other. Now, when did this 
take place? When did this entire thing take place? August. August. 31st. No, and what first. Roman goddess is associated closely with the month of August? Goddess? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Diana. Get the fuck out of here. Also ah. known as a Katie. And she was seen as pretty much the Roman equivalent to the Egyptian deity of Isis. And okay. Diana, much Diana, Princess Diana, much like her namesake, is also considered to be the protector of the lower classes. Like Andrew mentioned before, she was one of the people who championed, you know, causes that had to do with poverty and with disease and things like this. People who were downtrodden. Very similar, very similar mm. profiles, if you ask me. Hmm. And like Andrew said before, what was the number of the pillar that they crashed into? 13. The 13th pillar. Fucker. 13 is a very important number in numerology and numer numerical symbolism all through different cultures and different, uh, you know, probably esoteric arts and things like this. So when, so let me ask you, when is the festival day of the goddess Diana or Hecate? 31st? Is it, the, is it the 13th? The 13th of uh, August. Okay. Okay. Now, Diana died during the early morning of August 31st. So you might think, okay, I'll it's flip not exactly it. the same. Flip but, it back. Flip it. Yeah. In the satanic calendar, August is, you know, August 13th, or, you know, it is that whatever, Hecate's Day, but under the satanic law of reverse symbolism, the reverse numbers, Hecate's Day of Sacrifice is August 31st. 31st. I just Ooh. got some chills. Oh, fuck. Now, Diana's actual bloodline can be traced back all the way back to the Merovingian kings, who were the Frankish kings, the pagan kings of Northern Europe, like back during Roman times. You didn't exactly know. And we'll probably talk about them on a later case file. Now, this is also associated and also been known as the all-powerful 13th bloodline of the Illuminati, an extremely powerful lineage that can be traced all the way back to Eden. Historians and scholars in Europe have documented the fact that Jesus and Mary Magdalene royal bloodlines actually perpetuate itself within the Merovingian bloodline, that their ancestors and the offspring that theirs intermarried into this sacred bloodline and which eventually made its way to Diana Spencer. Now, her lineage can be traced back um, all the way back to these kings of the Merovingians. And this would actually be what would be seen as a Templar's link to the satanic canine lineage purporting to be. Uh, there's a bit of um, contention here as whether the Illuminati or the, the Masons are actually being deceived by Lucifer himself. Now, there is. You could probably say different factions that say that the Illuminati believe that they're bringing light. They have the what to do light, but also Lucifer, light bringer. There's things like this. They believe that Lucifer is a kind of a, a tragic figure and more of a bringer of intellect and things like this and bringers of truth. But there are those that would contend, perhaps even the true nobility of Europe, that would contend that they are actually being deceived, that they're actually trying to bring about, you know, essentially the destruction of humankind. So Diana being of this bloodline. The Windsors themselves are perhaps 
that there is some evidence to support that they are imposters to the throne. Now, recently in 2013, that they excavated the body of what they identified as Richard III when they tested his DNA versus some of the male some of the male lineage of the Windsor line of the royal bloodline. They actually found that their DNA doesn't match. The living relatives doesn't match. It's because it's lizard DNA. What do you want from them? (laughs) That or that another male uh, heir had stepped into the throne, an illegitimate heir to the throne. So the Windsors are not the actual true a lizard royal family. Invading mm. the puffer fish. Now, some people have suggested in the chat that perhaps that the royal family is actually after the sons of the union of both the Windsor bloodline, perhaps trying to legit actually legitimize their bloodline with melding that with that of the ancient Kings and perhaps which can trace all their way, you know, their line all the way back to the, you know, the bloodlines of David in the times of Israel's Kings. Now, so William's birth would of course be enormously significant and his birth is actually steeped in a, a ton of occult symbolism. And he was actually born shortly after a solar eclipse which carries a, a large amount of significance, you know, in terms of, you know, the union of both the sun and the moon, both the male and the female deities and things, sun goddess and, or I'm sorry, sun god and moon god and kind of this entire, you know, celestial alignment. Now, if you take all that together, the rogue MI6 element, which MI6 is controlled by the the Windsors, the, the the current ruling family. Right now, they stepped out. This rogue element stepped outside in order to try and stop the royal family from trying to fulfill a prophecy that says that the the union from the union of both these two bloodlines will come. Essentially, the Antichrist will become oh, the god of the one world government. Shit. <laughs> So if you take that and William and Harry having three quarters of true nobility in their blood as being descended from the House of Stuart, which is some consider the only true royal bloodline, it's those two who, according to the prophecy, will one of them, probably the eldest one at this point, would take control of the world. So whoever controlled the two royal princes, William and Harry, would control the world. So now... Diana was in the way of them mm. trying to fulfill that prophecy. And she perhaps, like you said, being a caring mother that she was, didn't want this kind of life for her sons. Perhaps she was inducted at some point into this uh, knowledge of the occult and things like that. Some type of eyes and wide shut party. Mm. Yeah. And she didn't want that. And she tried to get out. And the best way to influence the young princes at that point was to get her out of the way. So they could indoctrinate them from a young age. Wow, Dan. Wow, that, that was, was fucking uh, very well put. I mean, that that's it. That, that's the only explanation. There's no, there's no other theory that could possibly that's be it. true. I'm all in. That's the yeah. only thing we Holy can do here. Holy fuck, Dan. That's amazing. Uh, something about the Antichrist, I'm in. Yeah, um, sold. It's my good old, pa- good old pal, the Antichrist, you know? Let him in. As, as, let's get into our, our final thoughts. Uh, mine, you know, I... I like to think of a, uh, what Harry and Megan said in a more recent interview is that there's, there's, you got to, Megan said that you got to remember there's the family, you know, the queen, the princes, the king, uh, the dukes, whatever. And then there's the firm and the firm is like, it's, it's like an entity on itself that just runs perpetually like, 
you know, the operations and, and they're, they're separate. And she says this in an interview. I think at this time, this was a big deal to the firm. Like the people who run the corporation of the Royals, like the, the, the branding, this, this was a big deal to them. Um, you know, we, we know after the fact that they did get some uh, blood from Diana and they tested it in a private lab to see if she was pregnant and there was no signs of pregnancy. So, you know, yeah, there's no HCG. In her there's blood. yeah. So she, you know, we pretty reliably, we know she wasn't pregnant because it was a private lab um, paid for by the father. Would they have the reach? I would imagine he would have the, you know, the reach and the money to kind of pay for, you know, proper testing. However, you know, there is a lot of inconsistencies that I like coincidences that happen. Are they happy coincidences with the car being stolen before, you know, a chip missing, if that's all to be believed. Um, I don't necessarily think the Royal family was involved, but I do believe that the firm, even if, even if they, you know, this may have been a happy accident for them. They definitely, this was an outcome that was beneficial to them. I think um, how much involvement they were is it's hard to say because there are these loose strings that you can pull on and there's some stuff there and it's weird and you ask questions. So I, I believe the firm may have been involved in somewhat how um, as for Dan's peyote theory, um, I don't give much stock into the, <laughs> uh, that's part. You're not ready for the truth. <laughs> not ready to handle it. That's what I think. We didn't even get into all the theories. We ran out of time. We There's didn't so get into many. military industrial complex, Princess Diana. Oh, big landmine. Yeah. yeah. Pr big landmine. Princess Diana, she was yeah. full on board trying to get rid of landmines as, you know, as humanity should have many, many years ago, but she was big into, into that. And after her death, like her movement actually won the Nobel Peace Prize, international campaign to ban landmines after her death, which so a was a lot of people losing a lot of money, a lot of people losing money. So, you know, military industrial complex trying to enter. We didn't get into like people seeing that there may have been people on motorbikes in the, in the tunnel. So like MI5, MI6, this is all a big plot to get rid of her for God. There's so that honestly, there's over a hundred theories that you could go through. Like it could be a long process. So, I mean, do I think she was murdered after reading everything? It just, to me personally, People, there's like a, how many car accidents, deaths a, a year or a month? Let's say I don't oh, know, I'm, a million more than you can count. Yeah, a million than you can count. It just, if you're gonna kill the princess, it just doesn't seem like the right way to do it. There's how many other ways could you have done it? And it's poisoner, it would have been so much so, easier. I, I don't know, like some type of like EMP pulse stopper heart from a like from a distance. Why do you have to like? How do you know this? She, she was only, how old was she? She was 36? 36. Mm -hmm. All right. Like it'd be hard to believe that she just had a fucking sudden cardiac arrest. But people, it happens to people. It's so random. Well, you said they took her, they took her out to sea and they could have just made her disappear in the Mediterranean. Yeah. Like when it was out, out on the boat but with that dude. Maybe she, maybe she <laughs> feared for her life. That's why she brought her sons on the boat to protect her. Cause they're not going to sink the fucking air. That's true. But I mean, what, what, what was there in the end? What was it? The Pat, the Pajot report or Paget, Pape Mache. 
I thought it was a pageant. I, I, I watched the videos said they say pageant. Pageant, yeah. pageant. That seems like an American way to say it. But either way, the pageant. But that's report. how the British say it. That's how the guys say it. <laughs> uh, sure. The pageant report. They they looked. They actually did. A, it seemed like they did a pretty good job looking at everything. So you'd have to say that that investigation was compromised as well. But it just seems like she died in a car accident. It does. Like there's no way. The medical establishment of France, of Paris, was in on... Like, that would have been a lot of people you had to, like, pay off in silence and, or infiltrate. Like, it, I don't know. What the, the injuries were real. Like, they she... Were, what, what, what's there to fake yeah. there? The injuries were real. She sustained real injuries from this. What caused the crash? I'm not sure. Yeah. But she sustained real injuries, and they did try to save her. Yeah, so if you're going to plot an assassination through car crash by either because they were, you know, they replaced that computer chip in the car. Did they take over the car and crash it? That's not a guaranteed death. And it almost wasn't. All, like, you know, other than a freak tear in her pulmonary vein, she probably would have survived. And you could debate all day, like if they got her to the hospital quicker to the right cardiac surgeon, could they have saved her? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, it wasn't, so. maybe. maybe they didn't need her to maybe. die though. Like maybe we think that, maybe they just maybe. needed um, Shut her up. Dottie to go. <laughs> Right, maybe like what they're like. We just need one of them to go. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's they fair. rolled the dice, and they they you know maybe it wasn't specifically her. Right, I'm just in the th if we believe the theory of they try they were involved in this. It's like yeah. maybe it just didn't have to be them. They were just trying to get them apart. I, I mean, Dodi wasn't the first Muslim that she dated, though. She did date yeah, a Muslim true. surgeon for two years. For but that's what I mean. You know, by all accounts, he wasn't really a practicing Muslim. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff we. Yeah. Didn't cover that we could have covered. Just the title. I'm giving. Yeah. I'm giving the theory of that this was a conspiracy. A four out of ten Gimlins. Four to ten. <laughs> Low <laughs> not, on the Gimlin not quite scale. A big foot. Yeah. Not quite. Not a big quite foot. a big foot. Um, Andrew, what do you think? I I can't get past the note. Mm, it's fair. I can't. Yeah. I want to. I want to poo poo it. I want to fucking. I want to go with the easiest explanation because I love poo pooing on this kind of stuff. But I can't. I can't get past the note. She's worried for her life. I can't. And not only she didn't quite predict the fucking brakes being being cut, but she predicted the fact that they were trying to kill her in a vehicle. It's right. True. Yeah. Like that blows my fucking mind. Like we know that this first we we know that the family, the firm, whatever, frowns upon divorce. We know that that's completely against everything that they want. They picked this girl from the, from the age of 16 and groomed her to be the fucking queen. She was supposed to be the one to take the mantle. And she shit all over it and went against everything that they thought was, you know, everything they believed in and wanted for her. Then she decides to settle down potentially with a man whose faith is completely contradicts theirs and potentially bring, you know, a colored person into the family and then be have a colored person be the stepfather to the heir to the throne. She was only 36 years old. You got to imagine that they were probably planning on having kids of their own. So those kids, what would happen with those stepkids? Those stepkids would be potentially part of the royal family. They would be an extension of the royal family. From everything that we've ever talked about about these people on this podcast, and that's before this podcast, the only thing I knew about was Diana, and I knew it was really sad when she died because my mom cried. That's all I really knew. I don't know fuck all about them, but every time we talk about them, it's always to do with shady shit. It's true. It's always to do with these crazy lizard people doing shady stuff. <laughs> and it really <laughs> makes me feel like this could have been part of that web because Dude, I wouldn't put it past these fucking it's true. People. Power corrupts a lot of people. Absolute power the, corrupts all absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Machiavelli. Um, Dan, what do you think? 
You stand beside your standing behind your well-researched points. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but I will also say that there are plenty of reasons to dislike and perhaps even hate the British Royal family and the entire, like the British monarchy itself. There are plenty of reasons to do that. Um, you know, Prince Andrew just being one off the yeah. top of my head. Yeah. Diddler. <laughs> no reason. Just, I hate him. <laughs> just hate, yeah. hate him. <laughs> it's his name. Fuck yeah. him. Just that guy, his name. And Andrew's a pedophile. But. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Prince Andrew. Prince Relax Andrew. Here. Okay. He's, he's, whoa, whoa, he's, whoa. Yes. And, but I'm not necessarily sold on the idea that Princess Diana was that. The fact that you have an, um, you know, MI6, uh, these are James Bond guys. Uh, it, their entire assassination plot hinging on the fact that none of the passengers in the car are going to wear seatbelts. Yeah. Except for the bodyguard who did put a seatbelt um, on before it the is, crash. Survived. A, a car crash, like Brayden said, is a very diff, is a very, um, it's not a very good way to kill people. You can't guarantee that they're going to be dead. You can't guarantee that the, uh, you can't guarantee that the injuries that they sustain within the crash are going to be fatal. Well, you got retractable seatbelts, like Braden said, when it was kidnapped or when their car was stolen. They just retracted them right on impact. This got rid of Well, it also, yeah, but even if they were like, okay, the, the seatbelts are or whatever. So you said that she wrote a note earlier. And then uh, in this note, people allege that she wrote in there actually kind of uh, either kind of uh, predicting or she was saying that she mentioned that she worried that, you know, she was going to be in some type of arranged auto accident or something like that wouldn't a person who is worried about being assassinated in a vehicular thing think about wearing their seatbelt wouldn't they be conscious of that with the royals right this wasn't this was with her but that's her whole life though her life is royal she is that is that was an she was inextricable from that lifestyle she was never going to be free of them they she had the the sons they're always royalty she was always filmed and taking pictures of wearing her seatbelt always on all accounts. And that's why this was so bizarre. Some people speculate that maybe she took her seatbelt off so she could duck her head to hide from the paparazzi. But she was always seen with her seatbelt. Or her seatbelts didn't work. And Mercedes Mercedes wanted to investigate why the seatbelts, why they weren't wearing the seatbelts. Maybe they're faulty. And the whole time, the seatbelts didn't work. Why would she get into the car if the seatbelts didn't work in the first place? Because it was if a she quick, was worried quick, about quick being escape. killed. Because it was a quick accident. escape. They whole set they set that entire thing up, right? They threw out a decoy car as they all ran into this one and took mm-hmm. off. Yeah, it's a lot know. of factors to put into an assassination yeah, plot. Uh, there is. Like, I, I, there's yeah. a lot of stuff. Even even then, it's not guaranteed necessarily that you're going to have that dude drive at sixty like sixty kilometers. He could have went the speed limit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but. What happens if people were controlling the car? That's true. Yeah, there's a lot, lot of theories. It's, there's a reason this. Put some of that Tesla, a little bit of that Tesla RC technology. I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even think we touched on the point that about the blood, like the blood samples. There is that kind of, there is that bit thing where they took the blood samples. Apparently, the the first blood samples they said were reported to be taken from Henri Paul's heart, but they hadn't been. They'd actually been taken from his thoracic cavity, is what they said later. So his, mon- his monoxide was not as high levels. And, and that's and, why you had the, the, the stuff like that. That was one explanation that was that that's what they said happened. Like yeah. that's what was officially reported. And here's the thing, you know, too, that, that Dan, you just, while you were saying your theory, you kind of like oh, gave me some brainwaves is that the person it. who handed the, this note in this alleged note from Diana was her Butler, right? 
And with Diana dying, this man stood to lose everything he had. Right. And there were also accounts that he was able to mimic her handwriting very closely. So almost, almost like completely. Now here's the thing. He, the tab, we know the tabloids are spending an oodles and oodles of money bribing people to get information about all the family and all the dirt and stuff. His, his now, his now, his meal ticket is, is, has passed away. And like, there's something to be said that your closest friend and confidant is your butler, like someone you pay. It's hard. So it's like, is it out of the realm of possibilities for me that he forged that note and turned it into the tabloids for a quick, huge payday before I they, this? I thought like you can forge, but it's still, it's not the same thing. Like I'm pretty sure they put that through rigorous testing to find I, out. That I that don't know how much the national Enquirer, or whatever fucking tabloid printed it gives a shit about disproving yeah, it. But they want but that so, hot headline. Yeah. But Mohammed Al Fayed, went through and did that shit and put that through his fucking investigators and stuff like that too, to prove that that was legit. I didn't, I didn't. Read, so, I mean, we didn't, read that, it, it's a very long topic that there's no way we could do it in one case file, but we did. Yeah. We tried. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways. Hey, since the randomatron is still lost in space or wherever the fuck it is. Gone in the multiverse. I do have a little bit of space news. Um, well, first off, you know, we all we've been talking about it for a time, a long time. The billionaires are headed to space. Um, we saw Sir Richard Branson eh, kind of get to space. He peaked, <laughs> flirting with space. He peaked into Flirt space. He just, just the tip. got just there. Just the tip. Just the tip into space. Just see um, how it feels. Barely. He Richard. He just wanted to be the first of the three, and he barely made it. What did he right? count? Barely. Do we count it? Are we counting it? Well, I think it's one of those things where it's like, everybody else counts it. I think it's one of those things where it's like, okay, technically. Edge of space. Like, edge of space. He just grazed it. So he's no longer a space virgin, is what you're saying. No. You like that? Um, He did make it. It was quick, though. He went to. Just a tip. In and out. Still not a virgin. He got to 85 kilometers above sea level, which. Can, depending on who you ask, is the edge of space, eighty-five k. Just there, uh, you just you got it poked in. Just got but in. now in a couple days. So uh, as of listening, to this it's already going to be happen. Uh, Jeff Bezos is going to fully penetrate space with this huge dick rocket. <laughs> Woo! And Cock, super villain Jeff yeah. Spacos. Jeff, he's changing his villain name to Jeff Spacos. Yeah. Uh, than just Spacos. Yeah. His ship it, is very is very phallic looking. Well, he's yes, going to pop up be. there into the secret Amazon space station <laughs> that's floating up there and be like, haha, I don't have to pay taxes now for sure. <laughs> I live in space now. It's some like Dr. Evil it's shit. It's just going it to keep up. going to the moon. It's just going to keep going. Like if they think he's going to come back, he's just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. um, so on July now. 20th uh, at 8 a.m., you can watch it, uh, the launch. So he's. Uh, Jeff Bezos is going to be penetrating space. Uh, that's all I had for space. And it's just a little bit of Bezos space is going to today. scrub Branson from the record book books. He's going to be the first billionaire to reach over a hundred kilometers above sea level. So yeah. he's going. They they're anticipating hundred and six kilometers, three hundred fifty thousand feet, and they'll be in zero g for four minutes. I Richard Branson did that big speech while he was talking about like he did that big long speech while he was in space, and I hope. Bezos is just like, fuck you, dick. 
Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, these guys got big egos, man. Yeah. Big egos. That rocket's pretty cool. They got fucking big ass windows on that thing to see you can see all out of it and all that stuff the it's capsules yeah it's got like five giant windows around like it's full rad. 360 view it's gonna, I mean, the video is going to be awesome if it doesn't blow yeah. up so it shouldn't Alexa so. play space <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways so let's uh, we got a theoret of the week we do Whoa, another another theoret of the week that we do not condone <laughs> but if you do it stop doing it <laughs> If you do it, yeah. Make sure it glows in the dark. Yeah. 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 That should be the, the requirement. Andrew, who is it? Uh, our theorite of the week this week is Jack Bennett with his badass ATT anklet tattoo. It looks yeah. like yeah. it glows in the dark. Better, I hope. Dude, it looks awesome. It does. And I'm jealous because we're all supposed to have them and we keep pussing out. Our listeners have got tattoos before we said. We said when we signed no. to Spotify, we would get tattoos and now we're not signed to Spotify, so no more tattoos, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we win. The next ATT uh, teardrop tattoos. That's yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, little logos. It the murdered that Spotify deal. <laughs> no more so Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't condone it. Uh, tattoos are permanent. It's your own free will, but goddamn, it's cool. Looks cool. That Looks cool. Get you theorite of the week all the time. It probably will. Not, it's not a guaranteed theorite of the week if you get a tattoo. It's not it guaranteed, be. but it usually works. <laughs> Maybe. It puts you, you in the, the running. I mean, it might put you in the running, though. Yeah, it puts you in the running with Burmeester. You might edge out Burmeester. <laughs> you get you get theorite of the month if you get an ATT teardrop no, tattoo. No, don't. No. Don't. Just stop. <laughs> no. Stop. Yeah. No, you don't. No. Do it. You don't. Do it. Oh. Don't do it. Don't Anyways. Do it. If you're not supporting the show and you want early access to the case files, the live stream, the Discord, the bonus stuff, head over to please, 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 the queen commands you. Spotify doesn't pay us. Imagine losing most of your paycheck overnight. Patreon.com slash alien theorist podcast or find the link in the podcast description. This week's newest Patreon supporters, Mixin Mateo. Fongoose, Mark Leonard, Lyndon Shepard, Full Year Pledge by Josh Mixon, and not, not last but not least, Slim Buddha 69. Thank you very much for supporting the show. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. See you in after hours. <laughs> <laughs>